Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Jedi Masterclass. My name is Ben. And I'm Miranda. And today uh, we're going to be uh, going over the first half of uh, Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope. Miranda, are you excited? How are you feeling? I'm excited. It was an adventure to watch. <laughs> yes. This is, I, I can no longer say that I've never seen a Star Wars movie. That's a that big like, moment in my life. That, that is a big okay, moment in your life. Saying that you can't, like, you've never seen Star Wars before is a personality trait. So I just lost you've, that. <laughs> you've lost a personality trait. You're right. It's, it's true. <laughs> it was a part of my identity. Yeah, well, <laughs> congratulations. Thanks. My father would be proud. <laughs> I hope he is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> goodness. So we're going to kick this off by uh, talking. I'm going to talk about the opening crawl a little bit. So what we have going on is right at the beginning, we're introduced to the fact that there is a civil war in this galaxy and that there are rebels striking at the evil galactic empire from a hidden base and that they've just got their first victory and then uh, during that victory they were able to steal the plans for the empire's ultimate weapon which is uh, as you'll as you know miranda has kind of found out was the death star which was a armored space station which was capable of destroying planets now princess leia is racing home with those stolen plans in hopes to save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy, all while being pursued by the Empire's sinister agents. You know, they really just kind of tell you exactly what's gonna like what's going on. <laughs> they just give you the movie. <laughs> like we like right right off the bat, we already know more than most of the characters that are in this movie. <laughs> they tell you the movie before you watch the movie. Exactly. I have a question. What was this the very first movie that came out in theaters or was there something else that came out before this? No. So, uh, so that's actually a fun little thing. Um, this was like, originally it was just called star Wars. It wasn't called like star Wars, a new hope. It was just star Wars. Mm -hmm. If I'm And I might be remembering this wrong, but if I'm remembering correctly, like this was just supposed to be a standalone film. There wasn't supposed to be more movies. It was kind of like a last, last ditch effort to try and to make something, and you know it seems to have worked. Seems to be that way. Seems to be. There's only millions of dollars being made constantly. <laughs> well, are you ready to jump into this movie? I am. I'm very excited. I rewatched it last night, and honestly, there was a couple of things that I had kind of forgotten. But then also, the other thing is, like, I can't tell if it's things that I've forgotten or uh, I actually, so I watched it on Disney Plus and mm-hmm. I, it's not, I can't tell if it's, like, stuff that I forgot or stuff that, like, was, like, edited in later. Because, like, normally when I watch the originals, um, I have, like, the the box set of like VHS of the original trilogy that I found at the, like there was this like book sale going on at the Wasilla public library. And there just like happened to be these, like these three movies like right there. And I was like, (laughs) I have to buy this. And it was like $5, which is kind of insane. But so I can't tell if it's stuff that like I forgot. Christopher was telling me that the ones on Disney Plus are like edited weird. Yeah. And so he downloaded like the original version. So that's what I watched. I, I'm super excited to hear like your thoughts and like where you're coming from with it because like I don't know, like you're because I didn't grow up my entire life idolizing Star Wars. Yeah, I'm excited. Like, <laughs> and like, I expect you to have like, like already, like you're having those like critiques that like I didn't have those critiques as a child. 
Um, something just to like let the listeners know is that so I have studied a lot of like how Star Wars was made because I'm very interested in how to produce like plays and movies and things like that. So that's something that I might throughout this take like more notice in is like how something looks um, Mm -hmm. or like character designs. So that might come out in me maybe later. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I think that's something that's important, right? Like as someone that hasn't seen Star Wars, but like you, like you have a theater background, right? Like you have a, I have a theater degree. Yeah. You have a degree in theater, which is specifically technical theater. So yeah, like that's so like, how my mind works is like, how did this thing get built? Yeah, which is super cool. <laughs> like, you can like go in and look at that kind of stuff and be interested in the fact that like, oh, like this set piece got built this way. And like, that's just something you'll notice that like, the average person's not going to really pay attention to. Okay, well, let's jump into the movie. Okay. So the movie begins with a huge spaceship shooting at a little spaceship. Um, we're first introduced to C-3PO and R2-D2, and C-3PO starts like complaining about how they're doomed and the princess isn't going to be able to escape. And we learn that that is the complaining and like stressfulness of C-3PO is uh, his personality. That, yes, 100%. <laughs> so the smaller ship gets pulled into the bigger ship. One of the doors on the smaller ship gets blasted out and stormtroopers come in and they're just shooting everything that moves. And there's like a scene where C-3PO and R2-D2 are like cowering in a doorway and stormtroopers and whoever these other dudes are on the ship are shooting at each other. Those are just rebels. And C-3PO and R2-D2 just walk in between the hallway, between the lasers that are going back and forth and just completely get missed. (laughs) We're just kind of dropped right into the action, which is why I was wondering if there was a movie before this. I was like, you just hit the ground running and I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, and we'll get there eventually, but Rogue One, which is a movie that was made after Disney purchased the franchise, uh which I think is the best standalone Star Wars movie. Like if you're only going to watch one movie and then never watch Star Wars again, I think Rogue One is the movie to watch. The ending of that movie immediately goes into the beginning of this movie. Okay. You could watch Rogue One and immediately turn on a new hope. And it's like almost just like this. It's almost like a four hour movie. Yeah. It's almost seamless. (laughs) Yeah, because I really felt like I was just dropped into the middle of a movie and was expected to understand what was going on. Yeah, and like that's one of the things that like like that I was talking about uh, last episode was that there are things that have been added later, like the Clone Wars TV show to the prequel era, or Rogue One to the New Hope, that just like fix or like completely makes things make sense that do not make sense at all if you mm-hmm. are just watching the movies what are your what are your thoughts on c3po and r2d2 like right off the bat uh, i want to know what you right off the bat i think uh c3po seems like he's got a lot of anxiety and part of me really relates with that and part of me is like man you're real annoying to listen to uh-huh. and i feel sorry for r2d2 I don't feel like we've really like gotten enough from R2-D2 at this point. We're like two seconds into the movie. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So you see R2-D2 and C-3PO go past. Um, and then you have the stormtroopers that are coming in and looking for those Death Star plans that have been stolen. And we're introduced mm-hmm. to Darth Vader. When he yep. comes walking through the door, you've, you can see that... You can see that when, um, like when he's first introduced... Those stormtroopers that are still alive have moved the the dead bodies that are in that ship off to the side so that he has a straight. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed that, but I like I picked up on that right. I did away. not notice that part. No, that's just something I noticed, like from taking a cinema class, where like the whole point of that was to like that class was to take movies apart and kind of break them down and like pay attention to things. But that's something that I paid attention to was like. In the beginning of that movie, you had that shootout scene between the Rebels and the Stormtroopers. 
and there was a lot of like people piling up in that hallway. Uh, but then when mm-hmm. you see Darth Vader introduced, they had like moved people out of the way, and you you see later um, he's he's pretty ruthless. And, like, you can kind of tell that, like, people are trying to stay out of his way. I've got my comments on Darth Vader, yeah? by the way. Okay, I, I'm <laughs> ready for them. But, no, you, just, you can just kind of tell that, like, people are trying to stay out of his way and make sure that, like, he's not getting upset with them at all. Somehow, at some point, R2-D2 and C-3PO get split up. And R2-D2 is with Leia. You see our C-3PO walk in and he sees that Leia has, like, is like pressing buttons on R2-D2 and then she runs away. I thought it was weird that C-3PO doesn't be like, hey, what was she doing? He's just like, R2-D2, we've got to go. I'm like, but what was she doing? Why was she touching R2-D2? He just like glazes over that. Just I think think it's also interesting that like earlier, it's like C-3PO mentions that like the princess isn't going to be safe and like bad things are going to happen to her. Yeah. But then he sees her there and like, doesn't, he doesn't even register that that's the princess. Yeah, no, I definitely think it was weird that like C-3PO didn't recognize her. Like, Hey princess, let us help you. Yeah. Or like, why wasn't she in the escape pod with them? Or yeah. Yeah. Leia gets stunned by stormtroopers and then she's escorted to Darth Vader. Yeah. And she just lets the sass roll. Very, she's very out sassy. There throwing it yes. at Darth Vader. She's very sassy. Darth Vader wants to know um, where the plans are and Leia acts like dumb. She's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just on a diplomatic mission. And he's like, lies. Yeah. <laughs> you're he, telling he lies. He calls her out very quickly. So then C3PO and R2D2 escape on some kind of like transport pod uh yeah that's like their escape pod yeah and i love that the guards like they see it leave and they're like meh there's not a living thing on it so we will let's let it go it's fine yeah so then somebody comes and informs darth vader that the plans aren't on the ship and no transmissions were sent out but there was a pod that launched um and darth vader he's got a brain so he's like the plans are on that pod we need to get that pod. Um, what were your what were your thoughts on his interaction with the like with the rebel he's like talking to before oh, yeah. he meets Leia? I wasn't really focused on what he was saying with the with the dude. Mm-hmm. Um, that he just straight up chokes out. He's like, "You don't have what I want. Goodbye." Throws him off to the side. Done with him. Yeah. I so I grew up with my dad loving Darth Vader so Darth Vader is kind of the one that I knew the most or I thought I knew I had this idea in my head that Darth Vader always had this deep slow voice Mm -hmm. and it was always just like you know when villains are just slow and creepy and that's what's scary about them that's what I thought Darth Vader was but that is not what he was in this movie I was like you sound like you sound like a dad. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like, I was like, this is not who I thought Darth Vader was. Like, he's not as scary as I thought he was. But maybe that's because I'm an adult and not a child watching this. Uh-huh. But that, I was kind of like, I lost a little respect for Darth Vader in that moment. Yeah. And he also, like, he sounded panicked. Like, he didn't really have control of the situation, which I always felt like Darth Vader was always like a step ahead of you. Yeah, and there's there's some stuff that I real like I noticed kind of as uh the movie progresses and we can kind of talk about that when we like get to that. Um but there's definitely some stuff that I noticed from Darth Vader that didn't really feel like they went along with his character if that makes sense. Yeah. Like the character that I have sculpted in my mind of Darth Vader was drastically different than what we get for the at least the first part of this movie. In later yeah. scenes, we get we get parts from Vader that that are more in line with kind of the the idea of Vader that I have, but definitely at the beginning, I don't think they really were in line with that. Yeah. Something to kind of keep in mind, which is kind of crazy, is that the budget for this movie was eleven million dollars, which like was a lot of money back in the seventies. When you yeah. compare. 
I was gonna say it sounds like a lot, but for a movie that doesn't sound. Like yeah, a lot. when you put that in comparison with like Star Wars Episode Three, which was the one that I watched in theaters as a little kid, that one had a hundred and thirteen million dollar budget. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then yeah. and then you skip to when Disney got it. Disney's budget for the first Star Wars movie they made was three hundred and six million dollars. That's why I think, like, Darth Vader will get better. He'll become more of what I thought he was. But in this first one, I was just like, I'm losing respect for you, man. Yeah. So, and, like, there's a quote from Mark Hamill. Not, not like, a direct quote, but Mm -hmm. Mark Hamill has has gone on saying that Star Wars A New Hope was the most expensive, low-budget movie ever made. Which you can kind of, like, you, you pick up on that throughout the movie, right? Like... Like the, like there's parts where like someone will be shooting and it's like you like you have that like that little clip, and then it'll go to like Luke Skywalker and Han Solo shooting, and then it'll go back to that same same exact. <laughs> um, I I guess I cut it I, I I cut it some slack because it was a low budget film, I guess. Well, I will have more comments about their low budget film. So. Wonderful. <laughs> Okay, so after R2-D2 and C-3PO escape, they end up landing in the middle of the desert. And C-3PO is back to his complaining. He's like, I'm going to die out in this desert even though I'm a droid and I don't need water or food. And R2-D2 is just like, dude, I've got a mission. I got to go. I got to go this way. So they end up splitting up. So C-3PO is wandering in the desert and he sees like off in the distance this transport machine and just starts yelling like just trust that this is going to be a good person and they're going to help him so he starts like waving his arms and he's just like oh and then it cuts over to r2d2 who is on the other side of the desert he's in more of a rocky area and there's these like little guys Mm -hmm. running around and these are i mentioned these guys in my predictions yeah Yeah, the the faceless guys i don't know why they stuck in my mind okay yeah so they jump out from a rock and they like electrocute uh, R2-D2 and he falls mm-hmm. to the ground. And they come out and they pick him up and they take him to their ship. Question about these little guys. Did they hire children to act as them? Um, I don't know, actually. <laughs> uh, let me find out. No, th- no, they weren't. Were they just small people? They were just small people. Oh, and 12 okay. local children. R2-D2 gets like like classic alien sucked up into this ship. Also, they stick like something on Yeah, his so they put a restraining chest. bolt on him. I'm assuming that's his... Okay, I didn't know what it was. Yeah, it's like a restraining bolt so that he can't have free will, I guess. Okay, so inside this transport, you kind of get a look around and... You see all kinds of different robots. So there's like a Wally robot. There's literally just two trash cans stuck on top of each other with legs, and that's a robot. Oh, the, the gonk <laughs> droid. That's a classic. I was talking um, to Christopher about that, and he was like, "Yeah, they become important later." That is everyone's favorite droid. It's just a trash can walking around with legs. There's like a creepy horror movie doll at one point. Like a life-size person, but it looks like the Annie doll from the horror oh movie. <laughs> but inside here, R2-D2 finds C-3PO. It cuts to stormtroopers in the desert, and they found the escape pod. And they see that there are droid t- tracks. So they know that there were droids on that pod, and that they probably have the plans to the Death Star. Yeah. Back on the transport, the little children people, what are they called? Jawas. Um, They're picking out different droids, and C-3PO and R2-D2 get picked, and they're brought out. That's where we are introduced to Luke. You kind of get from context clues that his uncle is purchasing droids for the the moisture farm that they're on. That's what it is? I knew it was a farm. I just didn't know what they were farming. Moisture. Weird. Sounds Farming moisture in a desert. Luke's uncle picks out a couple droids. He goes up to C-3PO and starts asking him questions. He's like, 
Well, what you do, I don't really need. What does C-3PO do? C-3PO is a um, human-cyborg relation. He speaks like... I'm going to get this number wrong. It's like 3,000 different forms of like communication. So he, he talks a lot of different languages. He has a lot of protocol and etiquette is like kind of his his whole deal well one of the languages he speaks is the language that luke's uncle needs help translating so he decides to take him and then they take one of the other droids but as it starts rolling towards luke it like explodes also our first interactions with luke okay so i went into star wars with again my father's ideas um, and he hates Luke because Luke is whiny. And I was like, okay, we're going to give Luke a chance. We're going to see. No, Luke is the most annoying person <laughs> to listen to talk. Okay. <laughs> like his uncle asks him the very first line is his uncle was like, go clean C3PO up. And he's like, oh, but I was going to go yeah, shopping. Like <laughs> Luke. I was going to go to Tashi Station to get some power converters. Yeah, every line out of his mouth is like, why does my life suck? <laughs> and I just, I was like, Luke, I'm done with you. <laughs> Two seconds in, I'm done with you. <laughs> and like, I'm sure that's not Mark Hamill's fault. Yeah, I'm sure that's the uh, writing's I'm fault. But... <laughs> I, like, like, okay, I love Star Wars, right? I live and breathe it. <laughs> But <laughs> the writing is not good. <laughs> um, so this little, this droid that they picked explodes and C-3PO is like, hey, that, that droid over there, that one, the blue one, it works. It's really good. And so they decide to take um, R2-D2. While C-3PO is getting his bath, um, Luke is fixing up R2-D2. C-3PO mentions that they were a part of the rebellion and Luke gets real excited and starts asking for stories, which I personally don't think my first thought would be like, hey, tell me some stories. Yeah. My first thought would probably be, are you guys going to get me in trouble? Only spoiler alert, there's some trouble. So while Luke is working on R2-D2, he activates a hologram and Leia pops up. I love that Luke's first reaction is like, oh, she's beautiful. Who is that girl? Ooh. <laughs> Relatable. So the little thing that the the Jawas put on R2-D2, Luke gets that off of him. And because C-3PO suggests that maybe if that comes off, they'll be able to see the whole message. So Luke gets it pulled off of him. And then the hologram goes away and R2-D2 has no memory of what just happened. Um, so it's not that R2 didn't remember it. It's that he's now hiding it. Okay, that was my question. I was like, does he actually not remember it? Or is he just like playing? Yeah, him? so that was his like secret message for Obi-Wan. So Luke's mad and he and he just goes off to eat dinner with his aunt and uncle. And he mentions this message that he saw from R2-D2. And his aunt gives a very suspicious look to his uncle. Like, Yeah, so you can kind of like, you kind of get the, the feeling that um there's something that they're not telling him right and it totally goes over his head he's just like doesn't notice it he is kind of dumb yeah and add, to add on to that dumbness he's also like you know there's that ben kenobi do you think he could be obi-wan kenobi and his uncle just yeah. like gaslights him he's like nope Obi-Wan died obi-wan died with your father you knew my father I said that we're not talking about this. Sheesh. <laughs> so oh, Luke changes the topic to wanting to go to the academy. Like we said before, his uncle's like, you're not going. I need you here on the farm. So Luke throws his fork down and leaves and goes and has a dramatic walk off into the two sunset. With very good music. It is quite epic music. But Luke's, when he leaves, his aunt's like, comes to his defense and she's like, well, all his, all his friends are gone and you're just afraid that he's going to be like his father. Yeah. She um, his uncle's like, yep. <laughs> so that leaves us with the question of who is Luke's father? 
That is an excellent question. Who is Luke's father? Luke goes back to check on the two droids, and he finds C-3PO hiding, and R2-D- R2-D2 is missing. But they can't go looking for him tonight because sandstorms. So Luke and C-3PO are out flying on in his ship that looks like something you'd pop a quarter in at the grocery store and take a 30-second ride on. That would be pretty dope. As they're flying, they find R2-D2, but before they find R2-D2, they're spotted by some creepy creatures that are straight out of nightmares, and they're riding what I assume can only be Appa straight out of a horror movie. They're riding on Banthas. They see the Banthas, and Luke pulls out these goggles that he used the night before, and they just don't seem effective. And right as he realizes sand people are around, he gets knocked out by one. A man comes walking around the corner, and he does this, like, cop siren call. So we find out that that's, that's Ben Kenobi, right? He comes up, he saves Luke. A fun little Easter egg that, like, people don't really, like, that hasn't really shown up in anything until uh, The Mandalorian. Ben Kenobi is mimicking the sounds of a crate dragon, is what it's called. Okay. Uh, so to put that kind of in perspective, it'd be like if we were in the woods and someone that we couldn't see started making perfect 100 like 100 like flawless like bear noises okay. and we'd be like oh crap we're going to die and like leave <laughs> okay so like they kind of I didn't know what it was I was just like cop noise <laughs> no yeah not the cops they don't care about the law so yeah he's making a crate dragon sound which scares them off which then makes it so that Obi-Wan can come in and Ben then says, hey, uh, we need to get out of here before they come back. And he takes uh, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Luke to go to his little home in the Dune Sea. At Ben's home, we learn that Luke's father was a Jedi Knight who fought in the Clone Wars. We also learned that Luke is apparently a good pilot, so he has been doing some classes. Yeah. Or he's just good at flying. That's, like, another thing that, like, they don't really ever, like, touch on. Uh, but, like, from having context clues from other things, um, he flies some sort of ship around Tatooine, which is the planet that he's on, um, and he mm-hmm. shoots... Uh, these things that are called Womp Rats while he's flying. He has some piloting background, but, like, mm-hmm. nothing professional, nothing super amazing or outstanding. Yeah. So this academy that he wants to go to, is that a pilot academy or is that, like, a Jedi Master's Academy? It's the Imperial Academy. So he wants to go join the Empire. Must be a bad guy. He wants guy. to go join the Empire as a pilot. At this point, Jedi people... Okay, so people don't really know what Jedi are anymore. Like, they're kind of... Like, they're extinct. Mm-hmm. And um, the Empire has done a very good job of wiping them out. Like, like trying to erase them from history books. So no, he's not going to go learn to be a Jedi. So Luke also receives his father's lightsaber from Obi-Wan. And, or I'm going to keep calling him Ben. Ben explains, The Jedi Knights were guardians of peace and justice over the Republic before the Empire. Before the dark times. He keeps talking about Luke's father and he explains that his father was betrayed and murdered by Darth Vader who hunted Jedi Knights. And Darth Vader has turned to the dark side of the Force. So after all this talking, Ben goes and he, like, pats R2-D2 on the head or something, and the hologram shows up. And we learn, we hear the whole message from Leia. So she was supposed to bring Ben to Alderaan, and before she could get there, her ship was attacked. So instead, she's put this message on this droid, and she needs Ben to get the droid to her father because it has vital information on it. And then Ben just casually looks at Luke and is basically like, well, time to start your training. We're going on an adventure. So the scene cuts to the Death Star. There's two dudes arguing. 
And as they're arguing, Darth Vader walks in following some guy who looks sick. What's his name? Uh, what is his title? That's Grand Moff Tarkin. Okay. Do they ever say his name? No. In the movie? Okay. I don't think so. I kept referring to him as this sickly man because I didn't know his name. Yeah, the sickly man, that fits. The sickly man walks in with Darth Vader trailing behind him and he cuts them off from arguing and says basically that fear will keep people in line. Another dude chimes in and he says, yeah, we're so powerful that no one would dare come after us. And Darth Vader does his little choke thing again, saying, you're dumb. The force is stronger than this ship. You should be worried about that. Um, and he does his little choke thing. And the sickly man tells Darth Vader to stop, which was, this was another part where I was like, who is Darth Vader? Because this guy just tells him what to do. And he he's like a bodyguard for him. And in my mind, I thought Darth Vader was like Lord Darth Vader. Like I thought he was in charge of the empire. Right. So I was confused and losing respect for Darth Vader. That is another one of those things that like I like picked up on where I was like in my brain, right? Like Darth Vader is this like super scary guy and I I don't even know like I thought he was the top dog, but there's this other dude that's telling him what to do and he has to take orders from. So I was confused. Right. Yeah, so that that one that also threw me off a little bit. Because, like I said, like, earlier, I I haven't watched this movie in a long time. And there's, like, stuff that I definitely didn't pick up on right away. And, like, re-watching it as an adult. Like, and I've watched it as an adult before, but, like, I don't, I don't know why, like, it didn't stick in my brain. I don't know. It definitely feels like Darth Vader is not really in charge. He just feels like a bodyguard to me. Right, which isn't the case. Well, I mean, he has more power than other people, but not as much power as I expected him to have. I think a lot of that is like, like the polit, like the political part of it, and like he's just kind of there to like, because Darth Vader is the right hand man of the Emperor, right? Which is the Emperor, the sick dude? No. Okay. I feel like kind of the vibe that I'm getting is that um, the people in that room, like they're like the moths that are in charge of overseeing individual like sections of the galaxy. And Darth Vader is there to make sure that like what they're doing is in line with the emperor's views and like what he wants to be happening. I'm just, I was just slowly losing my respect and timid timidness towards Darth Vader as I continued watching this movie. So hopefully that comes back later. So back with Luke, they find the transport that sold R2 and C3PO to his uncle and they see that it's been raided, they're dead. Very gruesomely. Yeah, I so the first time I watched it I didn't realize there were bodies everywhere. Really? And the second time I was like, <gasps> yeah, Whoa. there's like a straight up burnt, like you can see his, like you, there's at least one body, like, like outside of the door. That's just like, absolutely. Yeah. That was another one that I noticed the second time. Yeah. Absolutely crispified. They conclude that this, at first Luke thinks that sand people did this, but Ben is like, no, this is stormtroopers. And I love that. He's like, you can tell because the the like blasts are so accurate, which I think is funny because stormtroopers are notoriously known for being so bad at shooting. Yeah, so it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of funny, right? Because like on the one hand, the stormtroopers are supposed to be these like super powerful, like well trained military. On your other hand, you have a handful of characters that have very heavy plot armor that cannot die. <laughs> like, like if Luke dies, these movies end, right? The stories end. Like, the yeah. story ends. So, like, like people have kind of, like... He just has like, to be able to walk in front of them and just get missed every time. Yeah, so, well, people have kind of come up with, like, theories that, like, just to, like, kind of make it make sense, where, like, oh, well, they were purposefully missing so that they could lead them 
to like to this place and like and like you kind of pick up like you kind of get that later in the movie where um like stuff will happen and like Darth Vader's like the tracker's working we're gonna follow them all the way to their base like that kind of stuff yeah that's just like people's way of like trying to like make it make sense like because you see it like at the beginning of the movie right like you have you have a bunch of people in a hallway like hiding and ducking behind like cover and then these guys open up these doors and they just like start killing people super fast but then all of a sudden you have luke and different people that are getting shot at and like nothing is touching they're just missing yeah yeah not even like a scrape or Mm -hmm. like an any kind of injury so but after looking at this disaster they conclude that they were looking for the droids that they bought and so the droids can be linked back to their uncle. And Luke goes running off to his home and finds that his aunt and uncle have been killed. And at first, the first time I watched it, I was like, how? There's no bodies. How does he know there's actually dead? The second time I watched it, I was like, there is a crisp burnt body laying outside the front door. So that's how he knew his uncle was dead. <laughs> Yeah. So then it does a quick flashback to Darth Vader and he goes into Leia's holding cell and a small little floating droid follows him in and he it's got a needle on it. And they're going to give basically a truth serum to Leia so that they can get information out of her. Yeah, so that's like a torture droid. Fun. Love it. Um, so then it flashes back to Luke and Ben. And since there's nothing left at the farm for him, his aunt and uncle are dead. He has decided that he's going to go with Ben and he's going to become a Jedi. So they fly off to the baddest city around that's filled with lots of criminals. And they're going to look for a pilot. Yep. A place of scum and villainy. When they pull, when they first pull up, they get stopped by some stormtroopers. And the stormtroopers ask how long they've had these droids. And Ben whips out his force powers and does the classic, these are not the droids you are looking for. Mm -hmm. Very iconic line. Yeah. The amount of times that some people have quoted or talked about this scene, I felt like it was going to be more dramatic, but it was such a casual like encounter that I kind of felt disappointed by it. (laughs) I feel like I keep saying that I'm like disappointed by this movie. I'm not like, I didn't hate this movie. I I enjoyed it. (laughs) There were just things that I was like, I felt like we're so hyped up that I felt let down by. Yeah, um, that was me with Lord of the Rings. I don't know how you, I don't know if you like Lord of the Rings or not. I like The Hobbit. Okay, well, anyways, I had a lot of (laughs) friends in high school that, like, absolutely love and adore Lord of the Rings. And, like, when I would tell them I haven't seen Lord of the Rings, they would lose their minds. And so I finally (laughs) watched it. And I wasn't impressed. Like, I didn't care. And I was like, they're fine. Like, whatever. And, like, that's kind of the, like, the expectation I had coming into this with you was that you were going to, I was going to be like, I love these movies. They're fantastic. Oh, my gosh. And then you'd be like, I guess. Like, they're fine. I I have hope that it will get better. You just got to remember, it's a low-budget film. I'll talk about it at the end of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so they pull up to this shady-looking bar, which I automatically recognize the door because of Lego Star Wars. Heck yeah. (laughs) I was like, hey, (laughs) that's the cantina. And Ben explains that this place is full of pilots. They're going to find somebody in here who is going to fly them to Alderaan. There's some jazzy music going on. And this place is just filled with every creature you can think of. We've got the classic 50s big-eyed aliens. We've got Satan sitting in there. Bugs playing oboes are hanging out. There was a werewolf. They even got, like, sad, old, lonely men. (laughs) So they had everybody in that bar. Yeah, the costuming, the costume design for a lot of the movies, like, feel very much like they just ran in to the local thrift shop and were like this will work let's grab that and we're gonna grab this we're gonna throw it all together 
we're gonna mosh posh some things together okay so from from like a theater perspective though like how how does that like just the the random assortment of like things being thrown together like how did yeah like that environment like how did that how does that feel for you like if i read this scene in a like a script and they were like design this it would be probably one of the most fun things that i could do mm-hmm. is just like building an atmosphere yeah and so it'd be fun to like just have free range and get to create all these different um characters that come in and generally when doing stuff like that you kind of come up with a little bit of backstory of like what is this place you know who mm-hmm. shows up here what are these people's lives like and so it would be it would probably want to one of the like most fun things you get to work on yeah that's that's just like one of those things that like it would be one of the things that they it would just be like you get to have free range and just let your creativity like go wild and you get to imagine whatever you want and Mm -hmm. that's just what this place is yeah so so yes we're at the part where um so obi-wan and luke are at the cantina trying to get a way off planet uh, we have an interaction with uh, Luke and two aliens. One of them looks like Sloth from Goonies. Yeah, yeah, he does, <laughs> kind of. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that? I thought it was it was weird, but I loved Luke's reaction of just being like, the dude's like, he doesn't like you. And Luke's just, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then like goes back and he's like, I don't like you either. I thought it was funny that they just like, picked him out and started threatening him mm-hmm. for like no reason but i guess that's the kind of place that they're in they're like we're criminals we're gonna intimidate you with that fact and then ben steps in and he's like hey this is just a kid and then proceeds to cut the guy's arm off which was very unnecessary and drew a lot of attention to themselves well it draws a lot of attention but then everybody just turns back and the music starts playing and everybody acts like nothing happens yeah which happens again later yeah because you know <laughs> I was like, this is a great place to be yeah so we we have luke and ben they end up talking to han and chewy uh han mm-hmm. you get very very quickly you get uh, an idea of Han's character where he's like, yeah, give me a ton of money. And like Luke immediately is like, I can almost buy my own ship for that price. Like, are you serious? Yeah. But who's going to fly it? Yeah. And so um, like you very quickly get an idea of like, like Han is very out for himself. He doesn't care about other people. And he's like, well, I'm your best option and this is you're kind of screwed. Give yeah. give me a lot of money, which then uh leads into uh so you know, Obi-Wan then offers more money if he doesn't ask questions and avoids imperial entanglements uh to Han. Yeah. And then they leave and this go this comes up this brings us to the point that is one of the most talked about and controversial things in star wars it is yes like this scene yeah so luke between han and the alien yes, or han yes. and so between han okay. between han and greedo which is that like green alien i didn't know he had a name yep he has a name uh his name is greedo so han has this interaction with greedo right where mm-hmm. greedo is saying hey there's a bounty on your head. I'm taking you in. I'm going to collect. What you watched and what I watched were different. Really? Yes. So this is one of the scenes that's edited. Because when what you watched was Greedo starts talking and Han reaches down under the table and then just pulls out his gun and shoots him, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what happened is later it gets edited where Greedo shoots, Han, like, moves out of the way, and then Han shoots. What? Yeah. So, or, like, Greedo, like, shoots and misses, or, like... So, that's what I watch. And so it's this very big... It's this very big controversy on if that scene should have been changed. Because that changes Han's character, right? Yeah, I was gonna say, like, you get an idea of... Because he, like, gets... Greedo is that his name yeah he gets Greedo like talking so that he has time to like slip his hand down and get his gun Mm -hmm. which is a very like tells you who Han is like Han Han was for for the originals like unedited Han is very ready to just like boom I killed you like I'm like I'm not for my own skin and I don't care how I have to do it 
Uh, he just kills yeah. he he just kills the guy. But then when it was edited, like edited later in like newer releases, Greedo shoots first, and so it's this big controversy where it's should Han have shot first or was it better to change it so that Greedo shot first? Weird. Yeah. Well, I'm on the side of Han should shoot first. I agree 100%. <laughs> because, like I said, like it changes his character drastically, right? Like, from a theater, with your theater background, like, like reading, like, if you read, like, a script and it says Han, like, like the script, like, you have the two side-by-side scripts, one's Han shoots first, one mm-hmm. is Greedo shoots first. Like, how do you think that changes the character? Well, like you were saying, it makes, it changes, like, Han's, reactions to things are different whereas one is like i'm going to take you out before you can take me out i'm going to protect myself before you can act and one is i i just have to protect myself because you attacked me yeah they're two different people mm-hmm. one one just seems more reckless than the other and i think han is more of a reckless person yeah you kind of pick up on some like on some like i picked up on some things throughout the movie han is not a good guy and like no. people try and like paint him as this like oh he's a good guy but he like he's a scoundrel and like he'll like say stuff and you're like oh that's like that was anytime he talks to leia i'm like can you not <laughs> Yeah, very... My, like, feminist side yeah, comes out, yeah. and I'm like, excuse me, sir. Yeah, exactly. Like, he he's like, oh, well, no wonder why this didn't work out. You're a woman. Like... Yeah. And it's like, ooh. We'll never ooh. follow a woman's plan again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they felt the need to make it so, like, he didn't shoot first. It changes Han as a character. Yeah, yeah, it does. Also, even though Han is, uh, you know, a jerk for the most part, I do like him better than Luke, though. Yeah, he he's a he's a fun he's a fun character i I enjoy i enjoy the cast right i enjoy the characters i thought that they like i thought they just edited edited like special effects i didn't know they like changed scenes do they do that a lot is that gonna keep popping up i don't remember there is a scene that's added that like you didn't get like for like before they like leave tatooine from Han talking to Jabba, but like it wasn't like super important. It didn't progress the storyline in any way. Um, it so it was Jabba talking about how he really likes Han, but he can't make special like he can't be lenient with him and not lenient with uh, other people. Question: mm. Is Jabba the giant slug? Yes, Jabba's the giant slug. He put a bounty on Han because Han was supposed to be delivering drugs. It's called spice, but it's drugs <laughs> to Jabba or like to somewhere. Are you spoiling information for me right now? No, no, they talk about this. Okay. Maybe only okay. in the maybe only in the added scene, uh, but Han. Maybe. Well, I think Greedo Greedo mentions it as well. Han was supposed to make this shipment, and then at the first sign of Imperials, he like ditches the cargo in space so that when he gets boarded, he isn't getting arrested for that. And so that's why there's a like a bounty out on his head because he lost a lot of money. Okay, so it goes back to the Death Star, and Leia is apparently somehow resisting the truth serum. And the sickly man says, "Quote: Perhaps she would respond to an alternative form of persuasion. I think it's time we demonstrate." the full power of the station set your course for alderaan only he's not as cool as i just sounded so and then it flashes back to a dude in a plague doctor's mask is following luke and ben as they i think they're like collecting stuff and then they scurry off to the millennium falcon and then that dude tells some stormtroopers where they went yeah and as everybody's boarding onto the millennium falcon the stormtroopers show up and start shooting and they have to blast off. They take off and then they're trying to now escape the Star Destroyers that are on Tatooine or around Tatooine. Um, so after they blast off and they go into hyperspace or whatever that's called, they blast off. Um, it switches back to the Death Star and they've brought Leia in and they're telling her she needs to tell them where the rebel base is, or they're going to destroy Alderaan. And she cracks so easily, so obviously it's a lie. And they go, sweet, we're going to destroy Alderaan anyways. Yeah. Which is her home planet. So they blast that off, and that is where we're going to end the story today. How are you feeling at this point? At this point, I was not necessarily confused, but like a little confused. Because like... Mm -hmm. 
I like had this like idea of what happens in Star Wars in my head, then having it be like, well, actually, like it does happen, but like over time and like there's three movies, like there's a whole trilogy you gotta watch. I was just so ready for like character arcs to like happen and then they weren't happening. Like Darth Vader, which is the one I think the one we keep going back to the most, where we're like you're supposed to be this like big bad guy that like everyone is scared of and bad things are happening when you're around and then it was like he just kind of felt like the big scary bodyguard that wasn't so scary yeah he just felt like like a bully not really like you watch him choke like, a guy like out supposed to be some kind of god <laughs> yeah. yeah i think part of that is the fact that like i don't know this movie was made in the 70s like 77 yeah 40 Four forty-five years ago. Yeah, forty-four. Because I know what day it is. I know the date right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we've had forty-four years of Star Wars happening, and like character development, and like things that like have expounded on his character. So, taking yeah, taking forty-four years of character development away from something does mm-hmm. make a character really just diminishes him slightly underwhelming (laughs) i feel like so this was at the this was roughly about the hour mark of the movie Mm -hmm. where we stopped it at and i just it was all you know just like world building and giving you information and so it was so like slow yeah when i like i watched the whole movie in one sitting first and i remember just being like this is so long why is this forever a movie and it's just they're trying to build up they have to give you a bunch of information first yeah that's something i watched it with my cousin when i watched it last night and i like looked at him and i was like man this movie is a lot more boring than i remember it being. <laughs> <laughs> that's not gonna, like that doesn't change the fact that i like love and adore star wars right yeah, you don't hate Star Wars now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to like dislike Star Wars because the first movie that came out in 1977 was slightly boring. <laughs> like there's there's so much more to Star Wars. Like Star Wars has grown so much as a franchise over the mm-hmm. years that like yes, the beginning of Star Wars where we have to do world building and like establish x y and z thing yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of slow like do dictionary explaining because nobody knows what anything is yeah yeah yeah. it'd be like if i introduced you to avatar the last airbender but i was like hold on we gotta like like that's something that like i don't think we really like talk about is the fact that like every single episode of avatar the last airbender was not a banger like some of those episodes were boring (laughs) But, like, they have to be because you have to establish the world that's being built around these characters that you're growing with, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just be like, boom, fight scene, boom, fight scene, boom, fight scene, awesome thing happening. You have to be like, yes, this place sucks and there's nothing to do (laughs) here. Like, Luke complaining makes sense. If I was on a desert planet with nothing to do but sit on a farm... I would also complain. Yeah. <laughs> as I think most people would. Shout out to all the farmers in the world. I don't know how you guys do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah, no. We we have so much more Star Wars to explore and like introduce you to that like I'm glad you enjoyed what you watched because Yeah, I definitely the second half kind of draw like drew me in more. The first time I watched it, I was kind of taking notes. And then as we got to the like second half of the movie, I put my phone down and was paying more attention to the movie mm-hmm. and less like thinking about like, what could I say about this? Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was less me taking notes while watching the movie and more of like the first half of the movie, I was playing a game on my phone because i was like (laughs) i was like i already know what's happening like i already know you know tatooine sucks and like this place is boring and there's nothing to do i don't need to like re-watch this like i re-watched like i was i tried to pay like attention so that i like picked up on stuff Mm -hmm. but also i was like man this movie is boring like i like it did not pull me in at the beginning and like 
I would love to be able to like go back in time in the theater when it first happened. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to go back in time and not have the expectations of Star Wars that I have now. Like just like or like yeah. movies in general. Like I'd love to be able to be like, man, the the way that la- this is like, like your first movie yeah, you've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah, like wow, the way that laser shot, like that was so cool. Because like I like watch this laser yeah. shoot and I'm like, that kind of sucks. <laughs> Yeah, I like I could see how when this first came out in the seventies, like people came out of the movie theater being like, "That was so cool." Yeah. Now I'm like, eh, "Hope it gets better." Yeah, that, was, that was right. That was cool. Uh, thank you to anybody who made it to the end because I we really tried to make this good to listen to, but you know the content. Oh my god! Don't rag on the, the content we were getting. Don't rag on the content some of it was good some of it was but i'm i'm excited for the second half overall you enjoyed you enjoyed the movie yeah right okay yeah and that is what i'm not like dragging through this yeah yeah as long as like you're enjoying the stuff that you're watching then Mm -hmm. i'm i'm happy like (laughs) i'm excited to get to things that like i don't know like i know like i know who who darth vader is i know who Mm -hmm. they're trying to be like secretive about who luke's father is and i know that so i it'll be more exciting when i get to things that i'm like "Ooh, what is this what are they talking about oh yeah, yeah for sure like stuff that you're like like yes we already know who luke's father is we won't say it just because like if we do We're have someone here that hasn't yeah like just in case like you magically missed yeah more magical than miranda missing 24 years of her life on star wars um but like if you if you missed any of the spoilers somehow um we're trying to keep those intact for you and that's why we're that's why we're watching these movies in the order that we're watching them in like that's why i chose the order that i chose just because like there are spoilers that will happen if we watch it in a different order and I do want to like keep those intact for people. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I didn't know, I like before filming our first episode, like I didn't know really where you stood either. I kind of assumed you knew like those key pieces of information, but like, I didn't mm-hmm. want to like, just be like, well, you know, you know this and like, have you be yeah. like, wait, what? And <laughs> so that's that. kind of, yeah, exactly. So like, that's kind of why I chose um, the stuff that I chose so thank you for people that are tagging along on this journey. Hopefully, hopefully um, tagging along has been enjoyable and yeah, we didn't. Uh, Maybe you've seen like a new perspective. Yeah. Like I, like, and like, even I, even like, that's like my favorite thing about watching like stuff like new, like fresh with people. I'm getting a perspective from star Wars that like, I haven't ever had before with you. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, even watching it myself, like, I'm getting a perspective on Star Wars that uh, I didn't have before because I am now, you know, like last, I think last time I watched uh, episode four, I was, I'd, I'd say probably like, well, it was right when I, I, wa- I think the last time I watched every single Star Wars movie all the way through 2015 was oh. when the, the last time I watched. That's when I graduated um, high school. Yeah, that was my <laughs> sophomore year, my junior year. Wow. I want to say my sophomore year. It was year your sophomore year. You're my brother's age. It's sophomore. What year did your brother graduate? 2017. Yeah. So my sophomore year of high school was the last time I watched this movie. Yeah. <laughs> which was seven years ago. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> so, like, like <laughs> You my, might have changed a little. <laughs> My my perspective on life and like the world and like how things are done has definitely changed, you know, as I've become an adult and matured. Like there's definitely stuff that like I'm getting a fresh perspective on, just like being an adult watching this movie again. And then there's another perspective that I'm getting with you having never seen them and picking up on, you know, stuff like that as well. I'm excited to continue this journey. Well, we'd like to thank everyone for listening. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, uh, please share it with uh, any friends that you have that you think would be interested in Star Wars or uh, interested in the ramblings of two young adults.
Is that what we are? Are we young adults? I don't know. We are. Yes. I am young. (laughs) So yeah, if you could share it with other people, uh, post about it on your social media or leave a rating and review uh, wherever you are listening to our podcast. We are trying to make it available where podcasts are available. I don't... Everywhere. To the internet. All podcasts are available on the internet. Uh, to catch the latest from Miranda and I, uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Jedi Masterclass Pod or email us at Jedi Masterclass Pod at gmail.com. Uh, thanks again and may the force be with you. Jedi Masterclass was created and hosted by Ben Rinlisbacher and Miranda Bailey, edited and produced by Miranda Bailey, and music by Augusto Diniz.